and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Rue BTN.com, and this is a post-Final Four wrap-up episode of the Take 10 Podcast. Uh, I got back from San Antonio a couple days ago, had a great time at the Final Four, had a great time covering it, and watching Michigan advance all the way to the NCAA Championship game, and seeing, you know, kind of what a Final Four was like from the media side. I hadn't covered one before, so it was a, a great personal learning experience for me, and a lot of fun for sure the fans that were there especially Michigan fans until the ball tipped off Monday night against Villanova because Villanova uh, I think it's pretty clear it was on another level than any of the other teams in the final four not taking away anything from Michigan um, they had a great run and I know some people were kind of popping off and saying that you know Michigan didn't deserve to be there on the same floor as Villanova I think that's that's kind of nonsense Michigan won 14 games in a row they rolled through the Big Ten tournament defeated you know five teams in a row in March which is insanely hard to do in March Madness and uh, made it San Antonio and, and won a game there so you know I think they definitely belonged I think Villanova was just clearly the uh, superior team but to most of the field this year if not all of it and they proved that just kind of rolling through the uh, field of 68 so great time in San Antonio and if you listen to my podcast episode from after the Big Ten Tournament at Madison Square Garden. This episode is going to kind of follow that format, and I'm going to, similar to what I did at MSG, just kind of pull short interviews from some of the people I was able to track down and talk to in San Antonio and combine it all into one episode so it all can be in one place and everyone can kind of get a sense of uh, who I was able to run into there, and it was an interesting variety of people for sure, so... That's what we'll do in this one. We'll actually have, let me count them here. I actually haven't counted yet. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven guests. And then at the end, I did a uh, locker room audio bit from the Michigan players kind of paying tribute to their seniors. And then Duncan Robinson was available as well for a quick comment. So kind of wrap it up fittingly there with Michigan's post-locker room, post-game locker room loss, atmosphere, vibe. It's definitely gloomy, but I think they had some, some good things to say, and they, they said it from uh, an emotional place. So definitely thought that was a nice way to end this episode and kind of put a lid on the basketball season for 2017-18. So how this will work, I'll uh, list the guests out so you guys have an idea of who I was able to talk to. Some of these were only one or two minutes, but I still wanted to put them on just because you know they're pretty big-time guests. For example, uh, Charles Barkley, Barstool Big Cat, Bill Raftery. Those are really quick interviews, but um, it's cool to have them on the list of guests on the Take 10 podcast, even if they don't know it. <laughs> you know, we agreed to you know do video interviews with them, and uh, whether they like it or not, they're guests on the Take 10 podcast. So here's the full list of guests that will be featured on this episode. First off, we'll, we'll lead it off with the head man down in Champaign, Brad Underwood, Illinois men's basketball head coach. Uh, he gave me about 10 minutes, 5 to 10 minutes of his time. Uh, really good discussion where I talked some Illini hoops, some Michigan hoops. Um, this was before any of the games had been played. And then we did a fun little quickfire segment, questions with him as well. Uh, next up will be Clark Kellogg, former Ohio State Hooper, current CBS sports announcer. He was calling the Final Four. Well, he was at the Final Four. I don't know if he called the games. I know Grant Hill called the, the championship. So Clark Kellogg. Uh, regardless, was in San Antonio and had some good things to say about his alma mater in Michigan as well. Quick discussion with Bill Raftery. He gave us thoughts on the Loyola and Michigan game that was being played the day after I talked to him. Uh, C.J. Baird is a guy that has kind of come into the 
college basketball limelight in the last month or so. He's a walk-on from Michigan who hit a three-pointer in the Texas A&M game, got a shout-out from Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, and it's just a really interesting guy to talk to and was, was really fun and accommodating all weekend. So got some discussion in with him. Uh, then Mark Titus, who is former Ohio State walk-on, is a writer at The Ringer and, and is known for his really popular book that he wrote about being a walk-on at Ohio State um, that came out several years back. Big fan of that book, big fan of him, so it was cool to sit down and talk to him at the three-on-three tournament that was made up of former college players in San Antonio. It was kind of going on alongside the big events, the uh, Final Four. So ran into Mark Titus at the three-on-three, talked to him. Also talked to Barstool Big Cat, uh, Dan Katz of Barstool Sports at that same tournament. I'm a big fan of his. He does the Pardon My Take podcast, which is number one sports podcast right now. Uh, Big fan of that show, so it was cool to, to chat with him for a couple minutes in San Antonio. Uh, after Big Cat, we had a about a minute, minute's worth of audio with Charles Barkley. Chuck was in the house and had some media availability, so I asked him about his predictions for the Michigan game because he had incorrectly picked Michigan to lose like two or three rounds in a row before that. So that was an amusing answer out of Chuck. And like I said, to wrap it up, we got the Michigan locker room, some audio from a handful of players. I believe the, one, the players that... Uh, chimed in were E.B. Watson, Eli Brooks, Charles Matthews, Jordan Poole, who got really emotional post-game. He, he was in tears, actually. You can kind of hear as we uh, play the clip here. Uh, C.J. Baird also had some comments, and uh, so we'll have actually two clips from C.J. in the middle of the show and at the very end. And then to finish it off, Duncan Robinson, the senior sharpshooter for Michigan, who was kind of reflecting on what it meant to play his last game. So a lot of good stuff, wide variety of stuff. I hope everyone enjoys it. Some are definitely shorter than others, but I think all of them are, are entertaining, at least to me. So I hope everyone finds uh, these snippets as entertaining as I did from kind of uh, interesting digital coverage of the Final Four. We tried to, to like, at a Madison Square Garden, just kind of play around the edges, get some interesting human interest stories, sprinkle in definitely a good amount of basketball coverage as well, but try and get the angles that, you know, not other outlets uh, aren't necessarily there to get, so... I had a great time. Thanks to everyone for listening this entire basketball season, and I'll get to this round of guests in just a moment. Just one more reminder for everyone um, who is listening that we can still get 10% off the btn.com online store with the pr- promo code TAKE10. It's capital T-A-K-E-1-0, and it's all caps using that promo code at the btn.com shop. Like I said, get 10% off your order, whether that's Final Four gear from Michigan, you know, football gear since spring football's right around the corner, merchandise, some swag, some decorations for your den, your dorm, whatever. It's on the btn.com online store. And with that reminder out of the way, with that long intro out of the way, we're going to get to the first interview. It's Brad Underwood. And the way this will work, I'm not going to intro each person. I'll just kind of say their name so you know who's coming up right before each guest. So the first guest is Illinois head basketball coach Brad Underwood, and he's on right now. Alex Rubitian.com here in San Antonio, joined by Illinois head coach Brad Underwood. Coach, we're here in Texas. You worked in this part of the country for a number of years. Must feel a little bit like home getting back here. Well, it's great to get back to some uh, really warm weather and... uh uh, yeah, I spent quite a bit of time in Texas. Uh, San Antonio's obviously held Final Fours. It's also been the home of uh, Texas high school coaches uh, 
meetings in the summer, so we always made a trek over here. And uh, San Antonio is a great city, and uh, it's a great place to have Final Four. Absolutely. We've got the Riverwalk behind us. We'll talk a little bit of Illinois hoops now. Coach, you're overseeing a roster that's in transition right now. You've got uh, some transfers and some new recruits coming in. Have you seen a roster in all your years of basketball that has maybe looked as different from one year to the next as this one will going into next year? Yeah, I think that um, on a couple of different occasions. Uh, when I took mm -hmm. over at Stephen F. Austin, uh, we had two scholarships uh, available when I got the job, and, and that whole recruiting class uh, left, and uh, we had seven. So we saw uh, the addition of eight guys that year. Uh, then when um, I was with Frank Martin at South Carolina after year one uh, at South Carolina, uh, we had quite a transition. We kept three or four guys, and that was it. So um, it's out there. It's um, it's it's. Uh, uh, I, I compare the first year of coaching kind of to the uh, to the show Wife Swap. You know, you walk into somebody else's family, and and um, uh, but uh, those guys played extremely hard. We had great growth. Our young guys got better, and uh, now we've got to continue to add pieces that uh, that fit into our puzzle. And maybe without mentioning specific names, what are the kind of attributes you look for in a player when you're trying to build a program? On the recruiting trail, what are you looking for? Uh, who you want to bring into Illinois? Well, we, we, we have a system, and uh, the pieces have to fit. And I want versatility. I want guys that are uh, uh, obviously very skilled, but, uh, uh, you know, there's a, there's a talent factor that, that obviously fits in there, but uh, character is extremely important. And we're looking for guys that... Uh, uh, that want to win, that want to uh, compete for the University of Illinois. We want guys that uh, uh, can shoot the basketball. I'm obsessed with passing. I'm a guy that uh, uh, my teams have always been one or two in the country in assist. So finding guys that can pass is uh, is a priority. And then um, obviously we've got to add. Uh, we were we were lacking in the height department, so we've got to add a little bit of size this year. But uh, uh, shooting and passing are two of the top priorities. Sure, looking forward to seeing how that team comes together. We'll shift gears now to the reason we're here, BTN, with Michigan. Coach, you coached against them in the NCAA tournament a year ago. You coached against them in Illinois this year. What makes Michigan so hard to game plan for and defend? Well, one, they've got very good personnel. Uh, secondly, John does a tremendous job of, of, of moving pieces offensively. And uh, uh, I think this team is very underrated. Uh, on the defensive side, I think in comparing these two teams that uh, in the last two years, I think this team is better defensively than his team last year. Uh, I think that uh, he's done a tremendous job in, in terms of uh, a couple of freshmen moving into the lineup and playing well. We're starting to see the growth of Matthews. Uh, and then everybody knows Rockman, in my opinion, was one of the most underrated players in the country, not just in our league, but in the country. And then, um, you know, Mo Wagner is a, is a challenge. He's a, he's a guy who can step out and shoot threes. Uh, they do a great job of, of, of punch, counter punch in terms of the offensive end. And uh, uh, Mo's always the one that's, um, that's able to take advantage of switches. And, and uh, uh, you put him in ball screen action, and he's very tough. And obviously, the in state darling right now is Loyola. Coach, do you have a prediction for? The game against Michigan, Loyola, the Ramblers, or, or the Wolverines, who you got? I think it's going to be a tremendous game. I, I think that Loyola is the best passing team in the country. I think they're playing with a, with an edge and a swagger that uh, uh, it shows in their win streak. It uh, shows how they played in the tournament. I think they've got uh, two guards at Clayton Custer and Ben Richardson who are uh, uh, every bit as good as anybody in the Big Ten. Uh, I like Michigan. I like just from the simple fact that I think they have a little more size uh, and uh, they have Mo. 
and Mo can take advantage of those switches that we know Loyola is going to switch. But it sure wouldn't surprise me to see uh, to see Loyola in the championship either. All right. So like every Final Four, there's a lot of coaches running around here. Coach Underwood, who are a few coaches you'd want to run into who uh, like to have a good time out there? Well, I spent a little time with my one of my mentors last night, Bob Huggins, and uh, you know we we had a, had a lot of fun. I spent uh, some time at the, the Spurs game with Chris Beard and and uh, uh, Wayne Tinkle and Tim Miles uh, last night at the Spurs game. That's that's always a good time. Anytime Tim Miles is in the house, you're going to have uh, uh, you're going to have fun and you're going to laugh. And uh, uh, but uh, you know Frank Martin's a guy at South Carolina that. Uh, uh, we spent a little time together yesterday. We'll spend a little more time together today. And, and guys that uh, uh, you, that are dear friends that you don't get to see a lot during the course of the season. But uh, this is time to catch up and have dinner and, and uh, uh, spend some time together. I'm glad you brought up Coach Huggins. Uh, I've, I've always wondered, do you ever think about going out there in the, the jumpsuit like he has, just the pullover and just ditch the coat jacket? He's, he's way smarter than he looks, and, and I think that's one of the things that he's done. And, and you look back at Hugs in his younger days, and you know he was, he was one of the best-dressed guys in the business, and now he's gone straight comfort. And um, you know, I, we were, a bunch of us were kidding him last night that uh, he had on the same jumpsuit that he had on every game that he, uh, that he coached this year. But uh, uh, he's, you know, he's about comfort. He's got 800 and close to 900 wins, and uh, I think when you get to that point, you can uh, – uh, set a fashion trend, and he's surely done that. Coach, you like to run a quick pace offense, get your shots up in the first seven seconds of the shot clock. So we're going to do seven quick fire questions, if that sounds all right. Here we go. Let's do it. All right. So best food in champagne? Pizza, Papa Dell's, barbecue, black dog. All right. One uh, coach you like to run into this weekend on the street in San Antonio? Bob Huggins. The hardest opposing Big Ten arena to play in? Michigan State. The favorite NBA player you have? Was Kobe, now it's uh, Kevin Durant. What's your go-to Starbucks order? Uh, Trent iced coffee, three pumps of classic, 2% milk. And a nickname for Trent Frazier? Uh, I can't repeat that on air right now. Who wins the national title? I like Michigan. All right, Brad Underwood, head coach of Illinois. Thanks for joining us, coach. Thank you, appreciate it. Next up, Art Kellogg. AlexRubyTN.com alongside former Ohio State Hooper Clark Kellogg. Clark, how's it going today? It's going great, Alex. Couldn't be happier or better. All right, good to hear it. Clark, your Buckeyes had a pretty good season. They're not here in the Final Four, but how do you evaluate their season overall in a year they surprised many people? Yeah, if I was doing stars, it would be five-star, Alex. I mean, I thought they'd be better than people anticipated, but I was thinking top half of the Big Ten, top five finish, and perhaps some postseason play. But for them to be fighting for the Big Ten championship, to have a chance to get to the tournament and then win a game in the tournament, that is really icing on the cake when you talk about a head coach and his staff transitioning to a program that had struggled the last two years. But Kata Bates-Diop was phenomenal. Jay Sean Tate was phenomenal. Cam Williams, all upperclassmen. Um, two of those guys, extra-year players. Kata Bates-Diop, a fourth-year junior, and Cam, a fifth-year senior. And they provided great leadership and production, and it was a – Terrific, terrific season um, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Could not be happier or prouder of how they handled themselves on and off the court. Really just a phenomenal year across the board for them on the hardwood. All right, switching gears now. I know you're a longtime professional broadcaster now. 
Does it still hurt you a little bit to see Michigan in the Final Four? Or are you not, beyond that? Not at all. I'm beyond the um, TTUN stuff. I mean, I do get embraced it, get involved in it on the but I respect excellence and consistency and earning a chance to play for a championship and good basketball, and Michigan provides all of that. And John Beeline is one of my favorite coaches and people that I get a chance to interact with in this position. So um, thrilled for them, thrilled for the Big Ten Conference, which they represent, and um, have no trouble seeing them here and feeling good about what they've accomplished. All right, last question, Clark. How do you evaluate the Loyola-Michigan matchup, and do you have a prediction for who's going to win? I tell you, these four teams here, you mentioned Loyola and Michigan. I don't see much separation between these four teams at all. And the same goes for the Loyola-Michigan. They're mirror images of each other. They take care of the ball. They share the ball. They rely on the three-point shot. They rely on quality shots, and they usually get quality shots. So I don't have a pick for the game at this point because I like to sleep on it the night before. So um, I think we're going to be in for a really competitive game, and the Ramblers have a great chance. Uh, to surprise some people again. But uh, I haven't made my official pick and won't do so until we're uh, about an hour before tip-off on our TV show. All right, Clark Kellogg, thanks for the time. My pleasure, Alex. Next up, Bill Raftery. AlexRubyTN.com here in San Antonio alongside legendary broadcaster Bill Raftery. Bill, what do you think about the Loyola Mission game? How does that match up? And, and who do you got uh, winning that game if you have a prediction for us? I'm um, not much at predicting, but I will say this. I think Michigan plays, does a lot of things that Loyola does, which is an advantage in terms of practice. You know, they're used to this team that's very unselfish, move the ball, give it up. I don't waste any time, and they play with confidence, Loyola, too. So you've got an older team who can make some shots. Uh, I don't think the bright lights will hurt them, uh, but I just think maybe the, the conference itself will dictate towards Michigan, you know, the strength of schedule, you know, the competition on a nightly basis. Uh, you know, you, you add those in with dribble penetration, maybe a little quicker, uh, a little deeper, and I think all those things would favor Michigan, but these kids are so confident and mature at Loyola, uh, they feel they can play anybody. So that's we're sitting back hoping that's what we get. All right, Bill Raftery, thanks so much for your time. All right, Alex, thank you very much. Next up, Michigan walk-on C.J. Baird. AlexRubyTeam.com here in San Antonio at the Final Four alongside Michigan C.J. Baird. CJ, you've had a pretty big month. Tell me about it. Uh, wow, I mean, it's been a great experience. First of all, getting to travel to the NCAA tournament for the first time because most of us, on, most of the scout team doesn't get to travel with us. And, uh, I mean, being, like, in Wichita and L.A. and now in San Antonio, I mean, it's been just a wonderful experience, more than I ever could have imagined happening. And uh, especially in the Sweet 16 when I got in there and made that shot, I mean, that was a dream come true. I mean, I couldn't hold my emotions, like, for a couple days, and I've, I still, to this day, keep watching that video, like, wow, I actually did something like that, and uh, I'm just so grateful to all of my teammates here that have really supported me throughout this whole time, and uh, I'm just so blessed to be part of such a great group. Yeah, you came in, hit the shot in the Sweet 16. What's the coolest thing that's happened to you since then? Uh, definitely Johnny Manziel uh, tweeting out at me. Uh, he responded to one of my pictures, and he said, oh, that's cash money, and uh I think it was kind of cool, like, to see that. I mean, somebody like is like, I shouldn't say insignificant, but like somebody that's not off the radar as I am, and uh, to see him kind of respond like that and kind of show like that I've kind of touched people to like that, like at that stature. Um, it's it's really cool. It's like 
it's hard to describe sometimes. I mean, it's just amazing. How many uh, new Twitter followers did you pick up after that Jay Manziel shout-out? Quite, quite a lot, I think. Wow, I've got like 1,500 more at least. I mean, I was... It was amazing. Like my phone was blowing up all the time with texts, tweets, Instagram followers, all that stuff. And it's been like, it's been kind of cool to see the response of people on social media, how people have been so welcoming and so supportive of me because they always say like, this is what March Madness is all about. It's the moments for everybody. And uh, like us walk on continue to travel, like Austin Hatch being able to travel. It's definitely, it's a great experience for all of us and really helps us become closer as a team. Have you uh, kept in communication with Johnny at all, or just that one tweet, that one reply, is that the legacy of it? Uh, after we won against Florida State, he responded again, and he tweeted at me, and he said, uh, Final Four bound, and he said, if you can't beat him, join him. So I said, I'll see you at San Antonio, and he said, I'll be there. So I'm hoping to see him this weekend. Uh, hope, I'm even probably too high of hopes to see him in Michigan gear, but uh, again, that was quite cool, and I'm really hoping to see uh, some big stars out here this weekend. All right, Johnny, you heard him. We better see you this weekend at San Antonio. CJ? Thanks for the time. It's been an awesome month, awesome ride, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Next up, Mark Titus of The Ringer. I'm here in San Antonio with former Ohio State walk-on and writer at The Ringer, Mark Titus. Mark, first of all, whose call is it to go with the Tuxes? Because these look sharp, man. Uh, this is my, my co-host, Tate's call. He said, he brought. I think he might have brought it up as a joke, though, and then I took him very seriously. It was a great idea, but we've been wearing them all weekend. This is day three. I, I do not feel fresh. I'll put it that way. I might look fresh. I know I look nice, but it's uh, it's getting a little stinky. A lot of Febreze. A lot of Febreze. Yeah, you look very fresh, let me tell you. All right, this is a cool setup here. I mean, it's you got the music bumping. You got guys that we're familiar with watching playing out here. What are your thoughts on just the entire concept of this 3-on-3 tournament? I'm blown away at how fun this has been. Um, I signed up for this just because my role in this is to take a duffel bag full of cash, give it to college basketball players, and I was like, I have to agree to do that. That sounds awesome. But I thought the basketball itself would be kind of boring and stupid because it's 3-on-3, and like I've played 3-on-3 in my life, and it's like, that's not that exciting with my friends. But then I forgot these guys are in the prime of their lives athletically. It's been incredible watching how fast it is. Like every play feels like there's either a three or like a play at the rim. And that's what I think people want to watch out of basketball nowadays. So I'm, I'm totally into it, man. It's so it's so awesome. They've got to figure it out. I think the shot clock is the key because it keeps the flow going. Yeah. And there's strategy involved with, uh, you know, do you want to take a three or do you want to throw it down to some bangers? And I think the Big Ten's got a good strategy figured out. The Big Ten, we, we I'm saying we because I've, I've made no bones about it. I'm cheering for the Big Ten in this thing. Uh, Playing the SEC and Yontay Maiden, it was an interesting stylistic clash. They had like basically, Yontay Maiden was like the shack of this tournament. Uh, but, you know, making layups is only worth one point. Hit him from the outside is worth two. So we made it rain a little bit, got the better of them. Yeah, they tried to play bully ball down there with Jay Sean Tate and, and Robert Johnson, who got him out there shooting threes. Yeah. It was definitely an advantage. Um, I don't know if you agree, but having music in the background it should be like a requirement for 3 on 3 basketball, man. I've, I've been having a lot of fun just like hanging out, listening to the music, and watching the uh, kind of game flow with it. It's been incredible. Uh, I just I just find myself not along. Like there's never there's never a moment where you're not stimulated, and it's that's what I mean. Like this whole event is built for this generation of just like people who have ADD and like just need, you know, you can't sit there and watch a full basketball game because there might be some lulls. Like the Michigan Loyola game last night was like maybe not that cool, but like this is just nothing but even even when the, in between games we got music we got you know there's this action all the time. It's been awesome for sure and. Uh, I've, I've been a big Jay Sean Tate fan. Don't you just love watching him play, man? He's just, he's got like an old man game. I love it. Yeah, yeah, he's been amazing. Uh, 
It's so funny to watch him in this setting because he's quickly finding that he's not in as good a shape as he thought he was. And it's been hilarious watching how tired he gets. But uh, I, yeah, I've, I've been behind him. He's the one Ohio State guy here. I'm the Ohio State guy, so uh, I, I'm cheering him on as best I can. For sure. All right, we got another Ohio State guy here. Chris Holman's in the house. Yep. Thoughts on his first year, which was obviously a success, and the future of the program? Because I know when your guy, your head coach, uh, Thad Mata was let go, you were upset about that. So yeah. what, have, have you come around on Chris Holman? No, I mean, when, when Mata was let go, that was never an a indictment of Holman. I mean, I was I was very pro Chris Holman. I'm very pro Thad Mata. Um, he had a great year. It's been, it's been awesome to watch. I don't think a lot of people expected much from this team this year to watch these guys come together. Uh, it was awesome. I, I, I was hoping just to make the NCAA tournament, and they got me thinking we might win the Big Ten. We might make a little run. And uh, it, it's almost weird that we were a five seed. We lost in the second round, and it sort of felt like a disappointment. Like, that's just how quick that turnaround was. But, um, no, it's been it's been cool. I think you talk to the players, just kind of the culture of, of the program is, is heading in a great, great spot. And everyone loves Holman. Everyone loves the staff. Uh, I think Ohio State basketball is in a great spot. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be an alum for sure. All right, last question. Michigan's in the national championship. Is this your worst nightmare, being in San Antonio while Michigan's playing for a natty? Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, I, I, am, I was Before I was ever an Ohio State player or a fan, I was a Big Ten fan. I grew up in Indiana. My mom went to Purdue. My dad went to IU. I have the conference loyalty. We as a conference have lost in the national title game. I mean, it must be 100 times in the last 17, 18 years. It feels like 100. It feels like every program's lost. I, I want to see us win one. I'm not really that confident, if I'm being honest. Villanova looked very, very good. But if Michigan wins, I would not be upset at all. I like their players. I like their coaches. I like their team. So they're, they're not going to let me back in Ohio for saying that, but that's okay. Yeah, Jay Sean Tate said he could not root for Michigan. So you're officially on the Michigan bandwagon. Are you rooting for them tomorrow? Uh, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not rooting for Michigan. I'm rooting for the idea of a team from the Big Ten. I'm rooting for the players in that locker room, but the the name on the chest, the color of the jerseys, no, no, I'm not rooting for that. I mean, you're not going to catch me saying their chants or whatever, whatever that you know, sacrilegious stuff they do, those those satanic rituals they got up there. You won't catch me doing any of that. But if their team wins, I'm not going to be that upset. No. Right, good stuff, Mark. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Next up, Big Cat of Barstool Sports. All right, I'm joined by Barstool Big Cat, a.k.a. B1G Cat, a.k.a. Big Ten Cat. Big Cat, first of all, when's Wisconsin getting back to the Final Four? Probably never, uh, but I'll just say next year. But, yeah, it's never. So who you got tomorrow night, Michigan or Loyola? I'd say Michigan's the one team because of my boss that I don't go full Big, big Cat, Big Ten Cat for. Uh, but... Let's just say this. If Michigan happens to win the tournament, I will be going on Twitter and bragging about it to all the SEC fans and the ACC fans. So it's kind of a win-win for me in this situation. So last question, down in San Antonio. I know you're a sweater like myself. Mm. How are you dealing with the heat down here? Uh, it's not good. A lot of deodorant. Uh, Got to apply, reapply, and then reapply again. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, when you go from, from a cold weather to hot weather in April, my body hasn't adjusted yet, so it's a lot of sweating and uh, a lot of shame. All right, good stuff, Big Cat. Thanks. Thanks. Watch me hit this jumper. Oh! Next up, Chuck himself, Charles Barkley. You picked Texas A&M and Florida State to beat Michigan. Are you picking against the Wolverines uh, in their matchup with Loyola? I am not. 
Uh, I'm not. I'm taking uh, Michigan to beat Loyola. Um, they uh, have played terrific. I think that coach is really underrated. Uh, coach Beeline is one of the terrific coaches we have in this in, the, in this country. Uh, but I think they'll beat Loyola. And I'm going with Villanova in the other game. And uh, I'm on such a roll right now. So I know these teams got to feel confident that I'm picking them. Uh, so Coach Loyola and Coach Seth must be thrilled that I'm picking the other teams now. Thanks, Chuck. No problem, man. And to wrap it up, a reaction from the Michigan locker room following their loss in the national championship. It's E.B. Watson, Eli Brooks, Charles Matthews, Jordan Poole, C.J. Baird, and Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to all the uh, seniors. Um, they played an unbelievable game. Um, they played their hearts out, and things didn't end the way we wanted, but it was a great season, and, and they, they were great leaders to everyone. just appreciate for all that you did for me, showing me the ropes when um, first year here, um, showing me what Michigan basketball is about. Um, and just good guys to be around, um, and it's just just a testament to um, the program and Coach B. They're a great group of guys, uh, humble, two humble guys. And, uh, you know, I'm sad. Sadly, we couldn't get you know send them home with a championship. Being able to be around, bro, two great guys like that. Um, um, on and off the court, and being able to talk to them about anything. And, being able to learn from them, bro, just growing all year, bro, I just, I just want to say thank you. Shout out to Muhammad, Duncan, and uh, Jaron. Those guys have been great leaders all year. Um, they've taught me a lot personally. I know they led this team the best of their abilities. And uh, to see us come this far and get, come so close to realizing our dream, I mean, just a testament to how hard they've worked and how hard they pushed us. And uh, I'm just really grateful to be a part of this team and have such great leaders. Um, yes, yeah, I've learned a lot. It's meant a lot. This place has meant a lot to me. But above above all that is is the people, um, teammates first and foremost. You know, it hurts right now knowing that I don't get to go to practice or film or weights or playing a game with these guys ever again. Um, and yeah, I mean that's that's what's hurting right now. All right, with that, that'll conclude our coverage of the 2017-18 men's basketball season. I had a ton of fun covering it. It was awesome, obviously, for a Big Ten team to make it to the Final Four and extend that season to the final night. Michigan went as far as you can take it in college basketball. They uh, came up short, just as Big Ten teams have done since 2000 when they reached a title game. But uh, one of these years, Big Ten's going to break through, and um, I, I guess it's sooner rather than later. I mean, it's got to happen sometime, so... Knocking on the door, they'll get through, and congrats to Michigan again on a phenomenal season, an unforgettable run in March. Congrats to Villanova as well on, on putting on a show out there. So with that, we'll get back with you next week on the Take 10 Podcast. We'll line up some good guests for you going forward. Definitely subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, or Podbean so you can stay up to date. And I just want to give a shout-out to all the fans for listening throughout football and basketball season continue to bring you shows uh at least weekly here on the take 10 podcast or as best as i can and uh yeah just stay tuned for uh some more good stuff ahead thanks as always to wes white for producing the show 
and we will talk to you next time here on the Take 10 Podcast.